Blog Talk Radio. Because all of my life, 
I have been a questioner. From as long as I can remember, I've examined the things with my heart, the things that have come to me. And I've often asked, how is this consistent with love? You know, children naturally know what love is. And they know what love isn't. And it's amazing the questions that children will ask. I remember, in fact, there's one that was surfaced, which I don't completely remember, but a family member gave me a note once that I wrote in church when I was very young, where I was apparently hearing a sermon um, that was, you know, talking about hell and Satan and different things. I believe this was in the first church, although it could have been in the second, actually. Anyway, whatever church it was in, I wrote a note asking a family member, and I'm paraphrasing because I'm just kind of going with it here, The note was, if we're supposed to love our enemies, what about Satan? Aren't we supposed to love the devil? I wasn't asking this to be a Satanist. I was asking this in an open and honest way as a child would. We were told we were supposed to love our enemies. Well, the family member wrote, well, we're not supposed to love him because he's evil, and in all capital letters. And... I don't think I totally got that as a child because it seemed inconsistent. And that doesn't mean that as a child I was, you know, ready to go off and follow whatever doctrine. That wasn't it. It was the inconsistency. I was trying to evaluate what is love. How do you determine how we love our enemies? Well, right now, love is a very fundamental thing in the world. What is unconditional love and how do we know that what we choose to believe is consistent with what we know in our hearts to be unconditional love how do we know how does it feel how does it feel to us what is fundamentalism what is it i actually looked it up before this show because i've been reflecting on this as to how strict, rigid interpretations of anything can steer us away from love. It can steer us away from our hearts, which are vital to us. They are vital to our conscience. They are vital to our paths, how we feel in our hearts and how we interpret What's happening to us in the world? I know so many wonderful people in what one might characterize as the New Age movement. If you're an evangelical listening today, you might say, this is a New Ager that I'm listening to. And if I were to tell you more of my past, in fact, I probably should, eventually I heard about the New Age movement in the late 70s, and I was drawn to it back then. It was attractive to me. However, I was scared of it at the same time because I was taught not to dabble in those things. I kind of dropped it for many years because it did frighten me and I became non-spiritual mostly for quite a long time until I had a pretty dramatic awakening. During those non-spiritual years, I became a scientist. I was a mathematician, I had a math major, I got a computer science degree. I was at the university where they developed the World Wide Web, as you know it, mostly, the first web browser, essentially. I was there. I didn't work on that. I worked on the superconducting supercollider project, which is interesting. It never came to be. It would have been even bigger than CERN. And um, it just was never built in Texas. But in any case, I became a scientist. I worked in that domain for many years in scientific circles and on various things. And I became a mother. I actually was able to work at home and continue to pursue my career. I had a wonderful life in that way. However, I was not particularly spiritual for many years until I had a wake-up call, a health crisis woke me up and in rather dramatic ways and during that time i asked show me the way because i was in anguish this is how are you in anguish out there do you feel 
like something is just not quite right. Are you in a church that maybe doesn't feel quite right? Just deep down, it doesn't feel consistent. There's something not quite right. Are you on a path where people are influencing you, where maybe what is being said to you doesn't feel quite right? Well, you need to listen to that. Because what I learned when I asked to be shown the way is that the way that comes to you ultimately is the way that is your most meaningful, direct path to the love of God. You can label God the universe. You can label God spirit. You don't even have to believe in God at all. It may be science. There are there are people out there who, who are famous agnostics who have come to know the beauty of the universe. Carl Sagan, very well known, had, was a beautiful soul, and yet he didn't really believe in the afterlife or God, but he could see the wonder, and it was enough for him. That was his path. Now, we can't really get inside his head. Maybe it wasn't quite enough. But I have to believe that he found solace in his path. So today, my main topic is co-creation. Now, why is it co-creation? It's because I believe that a lot of people are in turmoil over the law of attraction and what it means. The reason I believe this is because all the time I am observing wonderful souls in the spiritual community who are experiencing hardship. And so they say to themselves, what am I doing wrong? If you're an evangelical, maybe you're asking yourself, am I not praying enough? Am I not reading the Bible enough? What am I doing wrong? I see parallels on both sides. And what I want to tell you today is You're not doing anything wrong. You're following your path. Because what does it mean to be a co-creator? It means when we encounter challenges along the way, those challenges are there to serve the deepest desires, the expansive path of our hearts. That's why they're there. Especially when we're consciously aligning ourselves with being co-creators. What does it mean to be a co-creator? Do you believe that God is everywhere? When I was a child, I was taught that God is everywhere. And that gets kind of interesting when you're an evangelical Christian Because technically, God would even need to be in hell. And there are actually verses that talk about that. And I questioned hell. Oh, did that ever not resonate with me growing up? It put me in utter turmoil, the harshness of these concepts. Can other paths have forms of hell? And I have to say, they can And they can feel very harsh to us. And when that happens, we need to get back to our center. What is the center? It is love. When I was a child, I was taught that God is love. Three words. God is love. If that could become our fundamental, we could change the world. God is love, transcends every path. Another three words. God is everywhere. What does it mean if God's everywhere? Well, God has to be in you. God has to be in me. If God's in all of us, what are we? creators. We necessarily must be creators. 
I had a guest on this show recently who really got me thinking, although I've been thinking about this before, and I didn't necessarily agree with everything. You know, one of the the beauties of having guests on the show is we can reflect and talk. We're not necessarily going to get into a debate every time. I mean, I, I believe in listening to the guest. But sometimes I do want to ask very honest questions about what I observe sometimes with regards to the harshness, the rigidness, the strictness of any kind of law. And when I talk about a law, I mean a fundamental, a fundamental tenet that says the universe is running by this fundamental law. What is fundamentalism? I was going to tell you that. Fundamentalism, I looked up a couple of definitions. That term strict, that term rigid, that's part of fundamentalism. Strict adherence to the basic principles of any subject or discipline. Strict. Another way of interpreting it. A form of religion, especially Islam or Protestant Christianity, that upholds belief in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. Another one said rigid adherence involving that. Well, there's no scripture to the belief that your thoughts translate into reality directly. But there is a strictness to that. There is a harshness. There are often warnings that people will tell you. There is a tremendous amount of fear that is out there. Be careful. Watch out what you say. That's fear, folks. That's what it is. And we need to stop. We need to find the love at the center. There can be judgment of one another. It's not healthy. And it's not consistent with unconditional love. I have a dear friend who, oh my gosh, she could not be more committed to believing in her path. And she's had a lot of hardships, a very harsh illness, very courageous path, where she's chosen to follow her beliefs. And she um, is what some would call a, quote, new ager, and yet has encountered a lot of difficulties, but also some really wonderful things, too. Well, it would be easy to judge It's so easy to say, you know, somehow you're having this issue or you're having that issue because, well, you must not believe enough or you're doing something wrong. Here, let me give you these ten steps so you can figure it out. You know, what if you have obsessive-compulsive disorder? You could never comply with your thoughts translating directly into reality. You wouldn't be able to exist in the world. What if you have, what if you are a person who, um, you know, but now now I'm forgetting the term, I'm losing my my train of thought. The, The kind of person who thinks that every possible illness you have, you know, when you actually don't, well, these things are not healthy for us. I'm not saying that, that if we're thinking negatively, that's not going to hurt us in some way. But generally, we will observe that you are not actually manifesting those things. Because if you were, then you actually would have those things that you're worried about. And I cannot tell you how many worriers, including me when I was younger, We survive despite ourselves. We may not do as well as we could, but we don't create every single worry. Why is that? Because we're loved. Thank God. We are loved. We are loved so much that we are protected. And that has been my observation throughout my life. Have you ever had something really amazing happen despite yourself? You know, that that maybe you were it was a time when you really worried about something and then a wonderful thing happened. That happens. There are other times where my gosh, you put everything into something and then something really adverse happens. That happens too. Why? Why? Are you getting what you really want? 
And are you a co-creator? I would tend to suggest that what you really want, you may not exactly know, but the universe knows. And so when you're having a difficulty, you are actually on the path to what your soul needs most of all. I'm going to check the chat room here just to see if there's anything going on in there. Ah, yes, there is someone in there, so I'll wave to them. <laughs> um, I've just been sort of rambling on here, but this is important. We really need to get to our center here about the unlikely nature of reality. Can we create things along the, the way? Can the power of prayer work? because they're very much related. Well, we've all observed that. That can happen. But there is a balance somewhere, and I'm not so sure we totally understand what that is. As I said at the outset today, I'm not going to just hand you all the answers, because I don't know all the answers. All I know, in fact, if I were to tell you I knew all the answers, then I would tell you to question that immediately, because nobody knows all the answers. The thing is, well, deep down, God does, and we are a part of God. We are a part of the universe, but we are explorers. We are human beings on a journey here. And what I'm talking about today is what resonates with your spirit. I know there are people going through a difficult time. Look at the world itself. Did we create it? Did we because of our thoughts, project some of the things that are happening in the world right now. Did, you know, did we somehow, because too many of us thought negatively, um, create, you know, what's the harsh things going on in the world right now? Very harsh in some parts of the world, and some of them are impacting us here. Did we do that directly, or does that exist for the growth of our civilization, no matter how harsh it may seem on the surface, I would contend that we need to look at things a lot deeper than we tend to. And there's something else that I want to talk about today. I told you I have a scientific background. I do. A very logical Um, research-oriented background, and yet, why is it that we feel so driven to find the science behind everything? We have to have a method. We have to have some materialist way prove the concepts underlying what we believe to be fundamental to reality. Why is that? Why do we feel that way? It's because we have this need for certainty. It's because deep down we're still clinging to being materialists. Now, this is as tempting to me as anyone else, but I will tell you right now, if there really is an omnipresent universe, God, whatever you want to characterize it, there is no reason that that universe has to abide by any law other than love. Because to me, the most fundamental law of the universe, if I am to believe that there is a God, or whatever you want to label that, it would be love. But beyond that, we would just be binding whatever that is. We would be binding it, and we bind ourselves when we rigidly adhere to a law. Now see I've got a I've got a chat room participant that I'll 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 quote what, what she just said. I think this is a great time to manifest as it feels like things are happening a lot faster. Just got to be careful of what you wish for. Now um I, I wanna ask the person in the chat room, who can feel free to type back to me, is that I have, I'm going to be honest, 
I really don't choose to take on any fear of being careful for what I wish for. To me, that's a that's a negative way of stepping into co-creation, that the universe, the love at the center is working in our favor. That's what I would tend to put forward here, is that what we're losing sight of, in fact, this is the key. I'm glad you asked this question, Helen, and you're, feel free to disagree with me. I'm not here to have the only view. This is my view. Authenticity is important, and that's why I'm here talking, because I'm choosing to be my authentic self right now, and it's really important that we all do this and have dialogues together. For me, I believe it's weighted. It's a weighted universe. It's weighted towards love so that we are not the victims of our worst imaginings. I know we've been told this over and over. I know people have tried to prove it with science. There have been so many different ways that materialistically we need to find this science or think we do to prove that we can project all kinds of negativity into the world. But what I'm contending here is that does not allow for the love at the center And I know some people will say, well, that love allows you to create whatever you want. So if you create a negative outcome, it's because you're loved enough to do that. And I would say that's no different than what I was told in the fundamentalist church about going to hell. Absolutely no different, except that you might have a reprieve. (laughs) It's not permanent. Um, And so that's why I have issues with that. My... Again, my belief, and I'm putting this out there for those who may want to consider whether this resonates with you. If it doesn't resonate with you, feel free to follow your path. There are people out there who believe in strict fundamentalist Christianity, and if that resonates with you and that's what you feel you need to believe, anything I say isn't going to make any difference. So I'm talking to people who are on the fence. I'm talking to people who are really questioning and have observed that it doesn't all add up. And for me, what I've seen is surprisingly in my life, when I was the most negative, when I was the most negative without being to the point of utter dysfunction, because everybody knows that if you're too negative, you're just not going to do anything. But when I tended to worry a lot, people who knew me in high school, they knew that I worried all the time. I always thought that I didn't get an A or I, you know, got got like a, a C on some test or I failed or, you know, oh, it was always a disaster. Well, I ended up, you know, getting straight A's and I, you know, got this wonderful scholarship even though I was afraid maybe I wouldn't. There was, I worried so much when I was young, so much. And yet I succeeded despite myself. Could I have done better? Oh, sure. I'm sure I could have done even better had I not worried. But it wasn't the debilitating instant manifestation. If I had been manifesting my reality instantly, I wouldn't have even gone to college, uh, let alone done well. It just wouldn't have happened. Okay, (laughs) the chat room participant says, I agree with you completely. I am struggling to put into words, but found sometimes that I sometimes manifest things which distract me from my bigger goals. Okay. Now, one of the things I want to ask the chat room participant participant, and anyone out there whose first name is Helen, I guess I can name Helen, and actually I'm just going to, since I'm running this show as we go along here, I'm going to double check to see if we have any callers or anything. Um, Just loving. Thank you, Blog Talk Radio. I think it is just so cool that this show is number two under Live and Upcoming on the front page right now because this is what Blog Talk Radio is, to be able to just honestly get on the air and talk. It's really important that we learn how to do this. And, you know, come let us reason together. Come let us be in the space of the heart together. This is something that has been bothering me. Why has it been bothering me? Because 
it can result in judgment that I watched somebody that, that I really care about be judged today because, you know, well, for whatever reason, it can happen. And I've also seen situations where people are really disappointed. It's like they go to some incredible event where they learn about all these wonderful practices and things, and then something really adverse happens. Why? Why does that happen? Were they not getting what they wanted? Well, I will tell you, I had an experience in the last year which was really adverse. I've talked about it many times on this show. On the surface and in many ways, people would consider it a very challenging experience where a loved one had a very serious health challenge. And I will tell you, through that experience, I felt closer to God in one moment in the hospital um, after this person, very, very close to me, went into surgery. I don't think I have, well, it would be hard to say. It was a close competition as to whether it was the, the absolute closest I ever felt to the love of God. And there were miracles and synchronicities. These things are real. Do I believe that I'm, you know, can, like Helen says in the chat room, can there be distractions? Have we manifested the distractions? Well, you know what? I think the jury is out on what manifestation really is and how much how much I can be, and this came up in the, the, the show before last, where a philosophy professor talked about us, how we are not just me. I'm not just me navigating through the world. We are a we navigating through the world. And I want to introduce that, that sometimes, I don't know what, what happened, Helen, as you were, um, that what was distracting you, but what if that distraction, whatever it was, was helping someone else in some way? Because we have to remember we're in this together. And one of the things I put in the show description was something about soul agreements. My path, you know, when I asked to be shown the way years ago, one of the first things that came to me told me, and I didn't take it as literal truth what this was. I don't even need to say what it was. It wasn't like it became scripture to me or anything like that. It was just a particular book that came to me that told me that we made agreements before we came to this earth, that we made choices, that we made plans, and that earth is really a kind of an exercise. That particular source called it over time. I tended to think that's a little bit too light, but then again, it can be very light on the other side too. We are here for a reason. We are here, I believe, to be ever-expanding expressions of love. It's the only way that we can be here is to co-create love. It may seem that we do this in rather contrary ways because harsh things happen on this planet. That's the hardest thing to get a handle on. And I want to tell you, friends who are listening, if you think that you are creating all of those harsh things, that's a really harsh view of the world, and it's a really tough one because that's when what comes into our domain, fear, fear. This is a show about fear. I've come to understand a relationship with fear over time. Fear can be a catalyst. But if we're spending a lot of our time, you know, it's Christmas time. What were we taught when we were kids? You better watch out. You better not cry. I can't sing today. Usually I can sing a little bit better than that. It's the same thing. Why it it the the fear, the fear, the worry. We create it. Be careful. Watch what you say. I've been corrected sometimes. Don't say it that way. You better rephrase that. This is very similar to what I observed in the evangelical church, and it is dysfunctional. Am I trying to be critical? I'm really not. I'm trying to draw us closer to love because we don't need to be engaging in this. We don't need to focus on the negative. You know, some time ago I was thinking about this whole law of attraction and being a logical person, if you really could create everything, all by yourself, with not interacting with anybody else, 
you know, just just by yourself, and you don't want your negative thoughts to translate into reality, all you have to do is say, only my positive thoughts translate into reality. And then you're done. Why not? You see, it just doesn't add up. And I know this is going to come as a shock. I may lose some guests. I really don't care because the thing is I have to be my authentic self and I can't continue allowing fear to come through this avenue in the way that it does sometimes. Does that mean that I'm not going to allow people on that talk about these things? I would love to have them on, but I want to have an honest conversation because I really think that we are disabling ourselves. And actually, most of my guests tend to emphasize the positive. So, I mean, I couldn't really call out anyone who's been really, really negative. It does happen sometimes, but that's the key is the positive. And we really need to focus on the love. We need to focus on what is compatible with unconditional love. <laughs> the chat, Helen in the chat says, loving it. Thank you, Helen. Yes, I appreciate that affirmation because I will tell you, you know, this this is a fairly brave path to take, but I need to be really careful here. I'm not here being critical. If you believe that negative thoughts can influence people, I would really advise not to tell people that because it's just going to make them worry because that's exactly what happens. Is The more that you concern yourself about your negative thoughts, in fact, I wouldn't give them one concern. I swear there are enlightened teachers I've heard say this. I think Michael Beckwith was one I saw once that, that said to focus more on this. And it's so important. I'm not the first person to say this. I'm really not saying anything different than what you actually believe. It's just that a lot of times we say things that we don't really believe or we tend to emphasize a fear that we don't need to emphasize. We really don't. And what does it come down to? Do you believe that God is love? Do you believe that things are weighted in your favor? Now, that's a really good question because, you know, there are those who believe that what's out there is a very impersonal force, just like Star Wars. Star Wars is coming out. It's got two sides. You know, you've got the dark side of the force and the other side of the force. Well, the question becomes, is what what is out there impersonal? And what I would say is it can't possibly be impersonal if you choose to believe that God is love, that the universe is love, and that unconditional love is essentially all there is, because then that love is always, always going to be working for your greater interest. That love is going to bring you to what you truly want. How do you participate with this? Can you? Are there rules that you can follow? Are some of the things that that people have discussed on this show meaningful? Of course, some of those things are meaningful. However, um, we need to be careful about the negative, and that's what I'm saying. Even using the word careful, it kind of becomes circular. We need to just keep our focus on the positive, and because that is what the universe actually is. Why do these harsh things happen on the earth? You know, there's so many things going on right now um, from from climate change, no matter how you choose to understand that, and that can become very, very hard to understand and even ambiguous at times. Most things in the world can be somewhat ambiguous. You know, the world isn't in black and white, and we need to be careful there too because the more that we diminish that there could be another point of view really the more disservice we do to ourselves and that what we need to be doing more and more is listening to those alternatives. That doesn't mean you're going to agree 100%, but I can almost guarantee there will be some element of truth in there that you may want to listen to. I, to this day, um, saw quite an elaborate presentation some years ago that David Wilcox has been doing for years on climate change where there is some evidence that other planets are changing. Now, I raised this with Stefan Schwartz, who studied this 
extensively and he he said it was a false equivalence and that that you know we can't really go by that and i'm not saying it's causing it completely i'm just saying there could be more than one factor do we know at this point i don't know i truly don't know but that doesn't mean we should do nothing you see the two points of view it doesn't necessarily say that if there are other things influencing it, we should do nothing. We still need to do everything we can to protect this planet. We are stewards of this planet. This is our home. And we are not only stewards, we're one with the earth. And I am very much aware of nature and our oneness with nature. Okay, I, wanna, I haven't even looked at the lines here. Okay, there we go. Um, something else, and I do want to emphasize this again, science. Science can become a form of fundamentalism. And I know that there is a huge impulse within all of us. I have it too, and I'm sure I do it to some degree and will continue to, that we want to prove things. We cannot help but want to prove things because there are people who require proof. I will tell you, when you observe the miraculous, when you observe an impossible synchronistically that a synchronicity that is just impossible statistically, and some of those can be very detailed, you'll prove it to yourself. And truthfully, that's what matters the most is what is your authentic experience and what does it take for you to begin to see that you live in a miraculous world? We seem driven to use materialistic science to prove the immaterial. We get very excited about things like quantum physics, but we define new laws in the process, if there is a miraculous, loving force that is well beyond beyond a force because it is intensely personal, if there is what I was taught when I was young, the personal love of God, and this is no if, because if you have felt it, when you have felt it, there is no doubt. You know. You know that love exists and you know that it's a miracle. When you see a miracle, you require no science. You don't need to know the steps. You don't need to know the laws. It's a miracle. That's a really good question that I want people to think about. Do you need your so-called God, let's put this in quotes, your universe, your multiverse to abide by materialistic laws. Is that necessary? Or is it possible that what some would call magic actually exists? And I'm not talking about how they say, well, you know, the science that we don't understand is magic at first, like, you know, our science would be magic to a primitive culture. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about does there have to be a materialist method to everything in the world, even if we don't understand it? What is a miracle? Do you believe they're real? Are you a magical thinker? You know, we sadly, sadly... There are rationalists out there, some may be listening, who want to characterize everything as magical thinking. Well, you know what? If you really want to know, if you're a rationalist out there and you're open, you have to be open to knowing if magic and miracles are real or real synchronicities, just ask. I can guarantee you'll be handed an incredible experience that you cannot prove that will astonish you. If you want to know, because this is a miraculous world. The question is, do you really want to know? That's what opened the door for me. But please, 
we need to get away from the fear-based admonitions. Are we a bunch of Puritans correcting one another? Is that what we need to be? I mean, maybe that's what I sound like today. And that's fine. I'll be a little bit circular and even say it to myself. I'm trying not to be preachy. But I just feel that we are called to love. We are called to love. And we are called to see that love is at the center and that that means it is weighted in our favor. And it has to be. It has to be. Because that's heaven. Even when something doesn't go right, we need to talk about this notion of soul agreements. It's important. You know, a lot of times you may be going through something really challenging because you're teaching everyone around you something. And because before you were born, you all agreed that that was what you were going to do. And why did you do that? You may be teaching someone to be more loving. You may be teaching someone to have a contrast in some way so that that ultimately will cause a kind of a reverse effect of more love. Sometimes humanity goes right to the edge so that we'll never do it again. We seem to be doing that again. We're going right to that edge again, and we're beginning to see, you know, we're listening and we're saying, hey, wait a second, that sounds just like what happened you know, in Nazi Germany, like labeling people, wearing some kind of an emblem or something. I mean, that's just outrageous. Can we begin to see that? We're using labels in our culture right now that sound incredibly Nazi-esque. Can we begin to see that? Do we need to live in a fear-based culture? Most of our reasons for being driven to some form of fundamentalism or feeling like we need to have some law that covers everything is because we feel the need for certainty. But the thing is, is when you begin to see the love that is at the center, that's really the only thing you need to see. And even then, If we've had challenging upbringings, I mean, one of the things I had to work with and still work with for years is, is God loving? Because if you've been taught about hell, you may really question that. You may also question that if you believe in an impersonal law. If that's all it is, is an impersonal force and it can go either way, depending on what you do, hey, you could say it's because we're free which sounds really positive, and we are free. However, we're also love. We're both. And I personally have not seen the evidence that love isn't working in our favor. I don't know if that didn't come out real clear, but the evidence I've seen is that love always works in our favor ultimately. It has to. It has to work in our favor because it's love. It's unconditional love. Can we align with it? That's a good question. I mean, can you be a conscious co-creator? Can you pray? If you believe in prayer, you know, this is not specific to any one spiritual path. When I was young, I I was taught about the power of prayer. I still believe in the power of prayer. There is a greater we. It's not just me sitting down here. There's more. But we're also inseparable from it. That's the mystery. We're both. I'm both Susan here, having a rather adventurous time here, probably alienating some of my guests, which I'm not intending to do, by the way. Those of you who stayed with it, I'm not intending to alienate anybody. I just want to bring you back to your center, which is love. Also, I think that we all need to just take a deep breath and stop trying to figure everything out all the time. We don't have to have a science to everything. I can guarantee whatever book I end up writing is not going to have a science to everything because science is not God. Materialism is not everything. Immaterialism actually is. And it includes even materialism, very paradoxical. So the thing is, is how 
do we get beyond our need to always, always find the science that many of us have anyways? Because what happens? You know, why does this matter? Because it hurts. Because what happens is it's no different than what used to happen in the evangelical church. We're taught these things, and then we're disappointed. And it's like, what happened? What did I do wrong? Did I not serve God directly enough in the fundamentalist church? Same thing. I used to have someone on this show who runs Portland Christians with Questions, and she asked very honest questions, and and she had a similar experience in the evangelical church that she spoke very openly about. She had been a worship leader, and she had some health issues, and she didn't get instantly healed, and it was like, what was she doing wrong? And there was judgment involved. Well, we need to You know, if I want to say we need to be careful, I'm not going to tell you you need to be careful about your thoughts. I'm going to tell you that we need to be careful about how we're judging one another. Because if someone is having a difficulty, if someone has a health challenge, that could very well be there for reasons we cannot begin to know. And most likely it's to teach several people in the process. The health challenge that I experienced with a loved one this year That taught me a lesson. It taught a lot of people lessons. And it's a very brave soul that takes on a path like that. And see, the soul agreements matter a lot because it's not as if we don't have free will. We We can change some of these things. I do believe that. However, there are certain things that we do agree to do. And it's for the purposes of love. It's to teach one another things because we're expanding. We are aspects of God expanding. We are learning and growing. We don't know what our next stop is. You know, we're like little tendrils out of God becoming more conscious of who we are. And to do that, we need to be in a playground like this, which can be somewhat harsh at times. Does that mean still? Well, you know, some would say, and I'll give them, this is my point of view. Again, there is, I will say, there is something to be said that that playground could include, you know, your ability to manifest negative things. And I'm not saying that the negative can't come to us and that, you know, focusing, we all know that negativity can cause some issues. That's even been proven to some degree. But that doesn't mean that it has the magical power that sometimes we tend to give it. I would contend that love has the greater power. That's what is in my belief system. For the same reason that I believe that hell could not possibly exist, only heaven. But there are still things on this planet that are challenging See how we're doing in time here. Actually, let me check the chat. Okay, oh, got a cup. So, if I've accomplished anything today, just speaking from my heart, I hope that we're beginning to see that emphasizing negativity it really can hurt, and that the best thing that we can do is to stop admonishing one another regarding negative things, and focus on love. We need to focus on love more and more. And when we have a hardship in the world, the healthy thing to do is to say, huh, look at that. That's blocked. This is this is challenging here. What is this teaching me? What is this teaching these other people in my life? Can you Step outside of yourself and realize that you are not just me. You are a we. And so when you can do that, you begin to find heaven because you step outside and you say, I am a soul having an experience. Oh, look, these things are happening in the world. They're really harsh, some of them. What are we learning? Why am I here? Why are we all here? Can we now do? Can we focus on miracles? Can we focus on magic? 
are we gods in training, aspects of gods, in a way? But the thing is, is we're still not just me. We are we. So just because I want just me, the world to be a certain way, doesn't mean it's going to be that way. Because there is a greater reality here. There is a greater we. And we forget about that. Something came up in in a recent show where we talked about what if each of us is projecting our own reality and that's all we see. Well, that is a viable way of looking at it if that's the way you choose to look at it. I have a hard time with that particular view of reality, but I could contend that that's one way of looking at it. So what that would mean is if I believe the world is a certain way, if I'm an end times Christian, believe we're in the end times, and a group of us believe that, well, that's the world we're going to live in. There are people who believe that, and I think that, that you know, I'm not going to take away what they believe. But does that resonate with you? That's up to you to decide. For me, I believe we're all participating in this together. I believe that we are and and that there is a higher there is a higher path. There is a certain path that we are on. Where's the mystery here? How do we participate with it? That's a big question. I'm not going to claim I know all the answers to that because we obviously can pray. We obviously have some influence. We can be co-creators. But there's also that greater will, too. There's both, and there's an interaction. And that's the mystery. I choose to focus on love. I choose to believe that that greater we has love in mind for all of us. That the earth is heading to a higher consciousness place, to an awakening. That the negativity that's going on in the earth right now, that's a catalyst. And it's leading us to an awakening In Canada, they're showing incredible compassion for the refugees right now that we're not showing them here in the United States, unfortunately, and in some other parts of the world, although there are some parts that have. I believe Germany is one that's been very accepting and some other countries, I'm sure. What are we learning? What are we learning about compassion? What are we learning about the contrast? We need to ask these questions. They're important questions. And we also need to find our way. And the live show is almost done. I want to thank those of you who've been listening to the live show today. I'm going to wrap it up here. I can't believe I've talked for an hour, although we had a little bit of interaction (laughs) with the chat. I, again, want to thank Blog Talk Radio. My goodness, just consistently. Um, Number two under live shows today. And I think that What I would say to Blog Talk Radio is this is what we can do. Wonderful guests, and sometimes I think there's something to be said for just having an opportunity to express one's authentic self, and that's what I'm doing today. For those of you leaving the live show, um, the website for this show is FrontierBeyondFear.com. I think I may use this holiday period to have more spontaneous episodes here and there um, because I think there's there's some power to that. And if I could get more participation, eventually, you know, callers or chat room people coming in, I would very much welcome that. I didn't ask for callers today, but I appreciated the chat room interaction. I appreciate those who were listening. And I do invite you to come to FrontierBeyondFear.com and see where this show goes because it's going to go to pretty interesting places. I'm going to start bringing on people, I'm going to the podcast now, who don't necessarily have the same point of view. In fact, I would love, love, love to bring on you know, some guests who are adventurous enough to engage with the mysteries and the questions. We don't all have to be on exactly the same page. It's good to have honest questions. 
It's actually a very good thing. And it's good for people to ask them because it's the only way that we can really find our own paths. When I ask to be shown the way, well, I'm going to find the way that works for me. And you're going to find the way that works for you. And some of those ways will work for plenty of people. And the more of those ways we find that actually work and that lead this earth to a positive place, a non-judgmental place especially, the better off we'll be. The greater the awakening and the faster the expanded consciousness and what some have described as the new age, those who call me a new ager, it's no different than heaven on earth to me. It just means a more expansive age where God is with us consciously. That's what it is. I was taught that in Revelation. God actually abiding with us. What does it mean? Well, if we're part of God, it means being conscious that God is here, right here. It doesn't mean that I'm God in some claiming of power way or some challenge or anything like that. It just means it's actually a very humbling thing to know that you are one with the ultimate creative power in the multiverse. That's a pretty incredible thing. Does that mean we have all the power all at once? Well, I don't think we're ready for that. (laughs) We are loved, but we can surely feel that incredible love. We can have those one with God experiences, those one with the universe experiences, or that feeling of just incredible transcendent love like I felt in the hospital with my loved one after they were rolled off to surgery, how I felt incredible love and a thankfulness, that thankfulness of knowing that I wasn't alone, that God exists, that there are miracles. I had seen a synchronicity leading into this, an impossible synchronicity. Those are the best ones. They have to be impossible. And I put impossible in quotes because those are the ones that will prove it to you. You don't have to prove it to anyone else. Don't let anyone think that you have to. If anyone ever asks you, prove it. Prove that synchronicities are real. What my answer would be is prove it to yourself. If you want to know, you you just, just have the courage to ask. If you really want to know, ask to be shown. But be prepared because what you see may surprise you. And you'll be able to write it down. It won't be something that's in your mind or that you imagined or whatever. It'll be real and you will know. And so if you really want to know that there's a greater reality, just ask. I don't need to show you. I couldn't. I really couldn't. That greater reality will reveal itself to you when you are open to it. And that greater reality is love, overwhelming love, free from judgment, love. Take care, everyone. I don't know when I'll be back. Could be any day. Just go to FrontierBeyondFear.com. Follow the show. I always forget to invite that. There's a way to join Blog Talk Radio and follow the show. And then you'll get updates. Or go out on Facebook. I invite new Facebook friends. I think I forgot to put this show out on Twitter, or maybe I did. I think right at the last minute I might have gotten it out. But I have a huge Twitter um, account that I use. There's quite a few followers out there. Um, And I welcome you. Well, it's not that huge. But there are people out there following Twitter. Those are from my Oprah days when I used to write on the Oprah forum, some of those. And I just welcome you as a Twitter follower, Facebook, or follow the show directly, and then you'll get email notifications. But I really invite interaction. You have any comments about this show today? Feel free to comment on it. Use the comment section or write me an email. I'd be happy to respond in a future episode. So once again, take care. Thank you for being here today. And thank you to those in the chat. I think I kind of lost a couple of them at the end of the chat of the live show. They maybe they'll hear in the podcast. But apparently, um, people in the chat appreciated 
the honesty of today's show. So I'm happy to hear that. Take care, everyone. Thank you.